Hello and welcome to another episode of the Big Knowledge Football Dynasty Podcast. I'm Sonny and I'm your host. What is up? Welcome in. How you doing? Hope you're doing well. Oh, I'm excited about today's episode. So we are talking Dynasty Startup. I think it's like 30 rounds. So I'm not even sure I'm going to do a Dynasty Startup this year. So when I was looking this over, it was kind of like doing my own Dynasty Startup. I was just really excited. So I'm excited to talk about this. Uh, there's a lot of good reasons to do these. I mean, even if you're not going to do a startup, like I'm not going to do a startup. To me, just looking through this was so valuable, just seeing all the, the new placement Year after year, you do startups and then you kind of make trades or see trades and see trade calculators, kind of get your own impression of how some of these players are valued. But you really need to see that startup. You really need to see how it all comes back through and how they're all being valued again in a fresh a fresh year. So, um, yeah, I'm excited to do this. It is a lot of rounds. So I'm not without further ado, let's just go ahead and get into it. OK, so this is a. 30 rounds, I think. Um, this is a safe leagues draft that happened on May 11th. And this is a super flex tight end premium. I'm just going to go ahead and get right into it. I'm going to read you these. I'm not going to read all 12 first. I just want to read you the first eight names. Listen to these eight names. Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, Justin Herbert, Dak Prescott, Trevor Lawrence, Joe Burrow. Top eight picks. You might have noticed a theme there. All quarterbacks. So I thought this was really interesting. I was like, what? Uh, what? Eight straight quarter, eight quarterbacks in a row. So then we'll just go ahead and finish out the round before we talk about this. Number nine went Christian McCaffrey, 10 Saquon Barkley, 11 Dalvin Cook, and 12 Jonathan Taylor. So there you go. You have eight straight quarterbacks and then four running backs. And I've, I found this very interesting. I remember a couple years ago when I talked about, uh, I did the whole quarterback thing and I talked about, oh my gosh, I just feel like the quarterbacks are so valuable. And, you know, I felt like, 20 that the top 15 of the top 30 players should be quarterbacks based on just the value of the quarterback position. Now, I was right about that. I will say I was wrong about the players, the, the actual quarterbacks that were in that class two years ago when I was talking about this um, aren't some of these same names. There's a few of them. But so I wasn't necessarily right about the players themselves, but I was right about the position. Uh, when you look at this, uh, it's amazing. When I, I went back and I looked at a draft I had two years ago, and it was, I think there was in the top, let me see, I looked. Uh, so in the top two rounds, there were six quarterbacks taken two years ago. The top two rounds this year, 12 quarterbacks taken. So it's kind of doubled up now. If you want a good quarterback, um, if you want the elite quarterbacks, you got to be in that first round and upper half of the first round, at least in terms of this uh, startup. I'm sure in other drafts, these running backs are going to find their way up. It's not just going to be eight straight quarterbacks in every draft. I will say I, in, the, in past years, I've done um, kind of like ADP breakdowns and try to just do an average. It just didn't work out. I found that it's actually, I really like doing an actual startup breakdown because they are so different. This isn't, they're not going to be one, one like this, but they're also, that's what makes it great because every startup is different and you should just take a look at the startup, see, you know, there's variations. You're not going to be able to count on any um, one thing happening, but at the same time, you get a pretty good feel of it. You look at a couple more full on startups in their, in, in their individually, then you can kind of create your own ADP and kind of just, gauges on where certain players are going and where certain players are falling to, uh, that kind of thing. So anyway, there's not a whole lot to say here in terms of the quarterbacks. I'm not going to talk too much about the positions um, unless I have a specific thing to say about a certain player that I think is rising or falling. Uh, more importantly, I'm going to be talking themes here, kind of strategies, round-to-round, -round, positional strategies, uh, just things I see every year. I kind of do the same thing. And uh, I'll be honest, this year, a couple, a couple things stood out to me. One is that... Um, 
a lot of my same strategies from the past seem to work um, besides the hoarderbacking. That one, I think my days of hoarding quarterbacks, hoarderbacking, um, could be over. This might be it. Just like I said, so, you know, it used to be that those quarterbacks would fall. Just all you could get quarterbacks picking them all through the rounds. Um, and like I said, part of it is the names. Some of these, there's some really good young quarterbacks now. You see Herbert and Dak and Trevor Lawrence and Joe Burrow right there in the first round now. But it's also, it's just the realization that you know, quarterbacks are valuable. You want to get a very good quarterback. You want to have those. They're the, you know, stable, the stable uh, position on your team that's going to have the longevity, the, the highest scoring potential, the, the highest value, the, the most scarcity, all of those things in one position. So it's just a no-brainer. And so that stood out to me the most is that if you really want an elite quarterback, you should not be trading out of the first round. If, in, in my feeling um, in past years was always like, it's always good to just get out of that first round, get yourself some second and third and fourth. I don't know. Now I'm looking at it going, maybe best to just sit tight there, get yourself one of these elite quarterbacks, um, and then, as we'll talk about, there's some strategies, maybe trade out of the second round, things like that. But like I said, I'm not going to get, I will you know, give you my opinion here and there on certain players and where I think they're being undervalued, but I'm not, it's not going to be breaking down every player. We don't have time for that. It's more so, like I said, a positional thing. So I, I'm not going to, I don't have any real issue with anything going on there in the first round. I think it's pretty uh, uh, chalk there in the sense that a lot of those players, you can't argue with them. And I'll, I'll be honest with you, as I look through the second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round, uh, it's really hard to argue with a lot of these players, even though it's you look at one player and go, oh my gosh, I can't believe what a value um, he is at this spot. And then you start looking up ahead of him and you go, okay, well, all those other guys are good players too. A lot of good players. I found myself just amazed at the talent that was going through the seventh uh, round, seventh and eighth round of this startup that in past years, I would be looking at these players and thinking like, this is a talent that's a third round wide receiver or something. And they're falling all the way to the fifth, sixth, seventh round. Wait to hear some of these names. Truly amazing. So let's go ahead and start with the second round now. Top of the second round, George Kittle, Alvin Kamara, A.J. Brown, Deshaun Watson. I thought it was a very big surprise there, Deshaun Watson. Justin Jefferson, Kyle Pitts, Jamar Chase, Russell Wilson, Justin Fields, D.K. Metcalf, Trey Lance, and Travis Kelsey rounded out the second round. So, you know... The thing I would say about the second round is, and I'll say this, it's not just the second round. I feel like the second round is just a better version of the third round. And the third round is just a slightly better version of the fourth, fifth, maybe sixth and seventh round. Like it is literally, you can, you could, there's players that go back in the seventh round that I feel like could easily be a second, could swapped out with the player in the second or third round here. It's just, what it really comes down to is the running backs. If you're looking to acquire one of those top running backs, you need to be here in the late second, early third, or you need to be, you know, kind of, you're going to be getting kind of that second tier. But like I said, even Derrick Henry and stuff, way back there. Um, so not a lot to say here. I, you, obviously, Deshaun Watson was surprised going over Russell Wilson. I don't think you'll see that as much. This is a, I think this is a one-off kind of startup. This uh, team that took Deshaun Watson probably just had its own beliefs and just decided I'm going to go ahead and just take him here. But in most cases, I've seen him falling a lot further. I was just, in, in the ones I was looking at, I mean, way, 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 way further. There's a lot of people who are down on Deshaun Watson. I think in most cases, you will see Russell Wilson and, and many, many others, Trey Lance, going ahead of Deshaun Watson. But interesting to note. Okay, so this is where I want to stop and talk a little strategy just because when I look at these drafts, I'm always trying to think, like, where would I want to trade up? Where would I want to trade out? So I just kind of mentioned the first round where I used to think maybe I'd trade out of the first round and try to get myself, you know, just some extra second, third, fourth. Because it oftentimes seemed like the first 
uh, wasn't that much better when you talk about some of these running backs and you would have some young running backs kind of mixed with the second, third, fourth. It's the same feeling for me, but with the quarterbacks kind of jumping up and, and having that, that main tier at the top, it just feels like a tier you don't want to get out of anymore and a tier that you can't you can't get into in the second round. So one thought is trading and getting another first round pick, maybe moving out of the second round, moving back to some of those, like I said, third, fourth, fifth, sixth round. Um, and you're not that big of a difference between those and the second round pick. And yet you could score two of those elite quarterbacks or an elite quarterback, elite running back combo, and then kind of, you know, make up for wide receiver tight end types later in the draft. Or another thought was, if you, even if you don't want to trade up into that first round, maybe trade out of your second round and, and then acquire assets from there. Move back and get an extra, you know, a third and then an extra fifth or something. Acquire those picks because if you the more you can stack picks between, I would say, the third and the seventh, as you see, I'll start naming names. I really think that that's how you could uh, maximize this draft and maximize capital in this draft because... While you're not going to you know, go too wrong just taking in the best player and favorite player in the second, third, fourth, fifth rounds, um, I, I don't think if you could just add one more player and, and take a little bit off of maybe your best player, if that makes sense, um, there's just a lot to be gained there. I just it, When you hear some of these names, keep this in mind, and I think you'll just be astounded when we get to these, when we start comparing to, to the past year's drafts. It's, it's just to me, I think when we, when we take in the rookie class from last year, even though the last two years, and then you throw in this year's rookie class, which has some unknowns, so there's still that upside there. Um, it just looks so deep. It's so deep. This is probably the deepest startup class I've ever seen. It just feels like uh, when I'm looking at some of my dynasty teams this year and I'm coming in and I'm like, wow, this is a really good team. Oh, look at these players. I got all these Chase Claypool shares and all this. I was feeling very good about my teams, and I still do, but when I looked at this startup, it was a little bit more like, you know what? There's just a lot of good players out there. There's a lot of good teams out there. So if you don't have a good team, that's when you should worry. But if you have a good team, don't get too confident. There's just like this is a talent abundant startup that just kind of reveals like, wow, how deep and how many rounds can we go of just player after player that that I like? I like that player. I take that player too. Man, I wish I had a lot of picks in this range. That kind of feeling. So anyway, sorry to make that long, but I wanted to mention that before we keep moving here. So here we go to the third round. Three one. Zach Wilson. C.D. Lamb, Jalen Hurts, Darren Waller, T.J. Hawkinson, Tyreek Hill, Cam Akers, Stephen Diggs, DeAndre Swift, Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, Tua Tungavaloa. So to me, every player that's not a quarterback on there is an incredible value. Every player that's not a quarterback. The quarterbacks are all kind of reaches and they just feel kind of dirty at those positions. I mean, Cam Akers, Tyreek Hill. I don't love the tight ends, honestly. Like I like Waller, you know, in terms of production, and 3-4 is a fine value. And I know Hawkinson's, you know, like, it's got this potential to really blow up this year. But to take him ahead of Tyreek, I hate that. And Cam Akers, not loving that at all. There's The tight ends is a position that I think that when I look at this class and just kind of am looking at the way it breaks down, I'm not likely to be aggressive on the top end ones, just the way that they're going, like the Pitts and Kelsey. Kelsey's getting up there in age and still going very high. Uh, comparatively to some of this running back talent and stuff. So I, I am almost certain that if I did a startup, I would be just looking at those late, late rounds and targeting, you know, so many, there's so many names and so many upside players and so many ways uh, that you could find tight end. Uh, but I'm, I'm willing to almost punt that position at this point uh, and just stack on every other position because this is so rich with so many other these positions. Like I said, Devontae Adams at 311. Are you kidding me? Devontae Adams at 311. Devon, and DeAndre Swift at 39. This is all beautiful. What a beautiful round. Just sit there. I mean, just if you had some multiple picks in the third round, 
incredible. So let's just keep moving. Fourth round, Baker Mayfield, Matthew Stafford, Daniel Jones, Nick Chubb, Mark Andrews, Calvin Ridley at the 4-6, J.K. Dobbins, 4-7, Najee Harris, Carson Wentz, Ryan Tannehill, Antonio Gibson, Aaron Jones. That's the 12. Aaron Jones at 4-12. Look at that. Again, everything but quarterback sounds great, but the quarterbacks feel gross. So all the more reason that I feel like that top round, top two rounds, uh, it wouldn't be a bad idea to try to, to get a second first round pick, take two of those elite quarterbacks, and then just figure it out from there. And, and, and like I said, my quarter, quarterbacking days are look long gone if this is the way it's going to be going. I'm going to have to be much more looking at like Kellen Mons and those other like tight guys stocking, stocking those on depth. But in terms of just the starters, I'm going to look to get a couple elite starters, hope to get one more guy somehow. Um, and from that point, I'm going to be just like everybody else in past drafts where I'm like, yeah, quarterbacks, I just need a couple. Because now they're valued properly. That's what I talked about a couple years ago. I felt like they weren't properly valued. You could just really grab a lot of the most valuable position. And now, you know, I was going to say 12 of the top 24 picks were quarterbacks. That makes a lot more sense. And that's valuing them properly, even if it's gross. Because look at where you have to take quarterbacks later. And these are even grosser. 4-9, Carson Wentz. 4-10, Ryan Tannehill. You had to take those two between before Antonio Gibson. I know that the owner didn't want to do that, but the owner knew if I don't do it now, who am I going to have left when it comes back around? So that's what I think the big takeaway from here is quarterbacks, you're not going to be able to hoard them anymore, but you better get yours and get some good ones and get them early uh, and just accept that that payment because it gets uglier and the sacrifice you make, it gets much worse as you have to sacrifice Daniel Jones over Nick Chubb. Oh, kidding me? So, okay, let's move to the fifth round. So yeah, Ezekiel Elliott, 5-1, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, DeAndre Hopkins, Javonta Williams, Josh Jacobs, DJ Moore, Derek Henry, Travis Etienne, Joe Mixon, Allen Robinson, Michael Thomas, Miles Sanders. Fifth round picks, folks. Yeah, you want some fifth round picks, anyone? Oh my gosh. Fifth round picks. Every name. Javante Williams, Andre Hopkins, DJ Moore, Travis Etienne, Joe Mixon, Derrick Henry, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Allen Robinson, Michael Thomas, all of them there. Oh, I was surprised Michael Thomas fell that far. Allen Robinson went ahead of Michael Thomas? Yeah, that's that's a little rich. I mean, they're almost the same age. It's not like Allen Robinson's younger or anything, and he doesn't have a better quarterback situation really yet. I don't know. That was a surprise to me. I think Michael Thomas should be getting a lot more respect than that. That one's... That's, I... I, I, I it, worst case scenario for Mike, Michael Thomas would be Taysom Hill, right? That would be the assumption. And Taysom Hill targeted Michael Thomas a lot. And so then you put Jameis in there or whatever the future holds. I don't get it. I don't understand why everyone's so down. And I wouldn't uh, – Miles Sanders would be the one, the only one I wouldn't love here. And he got him at the end of the fifth round. So I can't complain about that. Okay, let's go to the sixth round. Terry McLaurin, Kirk Cousins, Austin Eckler, Chris Godwin, Mac Jones, Amari Cooper, Sam Darnold, David Montgomery – Michael Carter, Keenan Allen, Noah Fant, and Jared Goff. So it's, you know, it's not quite as good, but there's still some really good names, especially when you're talking about wide receivers. Chris Godwin in the middle of the sixth round. Come on. I'm just, that's where I'm looking at things like looking at my teams thinking like, I've got all these second and third round players like Chris Godwin and stuff. And then you see him go in the sixth round. You're going like, oh, he's not a second round player anymore. He's a sixth round player. But I don't hate that in terms of if I'm doing a startup, I love that. Uh, but it's just strange, you know, to see that that many players are valued above Chris Godwin, and maybe rightfully so in some in a lot of cases. I couldn't agree with all of them, but yeah, that, 
Just shows deep, deep draft. So here we go into the seventh round. Like I said, would you not love to have a lot of third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round draft picks? Uh, T. Higgins, Dallas Goddard, Matt Ryan, Devonta Smith, Mike Evans, Brandon Ayuk, Derek Carr, Tom Brady, Jameis Winston, Chris Carson, Miles Gaskin, and Jerry Judy. So again, besides the quarterbacks, most of those names look very appealing, very enticing, very good value to add in the seventh round of a startup. Um, there's good floor, good ceiling. Um, you know, like I said, most of it is wide receiver at this point. So if you were looking at trying to add running back, you're not going to want to stockpile a lot of those sixth and seventh round picks. It, but you could kind of get a, a mix of those things, get a couple first you know, your first and then get a third or fourth. It's work a way to get a running back in there. That's a lot of times my build. I'm looking for one one or two bell cow type running backs. Then I just stockpile the other positions, the, the elite young talent that I can get at those positions. And then I come back in and fill around with veteran talent at wide receiver to produce and also backup running backs and stuff to try to, you know, find the, the, the one guy who pops that year or the guy who gets the injury production because that's that's I just feel like you invest too much talent in running back too early. You're giving up on long-term players that you could see that's running through here. So in terms of my, I think this strategy has stuck with me for so many years and it doesn't really change for this draft. I think the one thing that changed the most was that the quarterback value has definitely um, jumped up. And it's not just, like I said, it's not just the fact that people are coming around at quarterbacks. It's also the crop of quarterbacks. There's some really good young guys here. It's just looking a lot more appealing. And so they're rightfully moving up. So it's not, like I said, I was right, but I was also wrong. Because when I look back at some of those players that I was saying should be valued up, I was wrong about them. So I'm not going to take too much credit there. But I do think that I was right in terms that, yeah, the top 15 players, 15 of the top 30 players should probably be quarterbacks in terms of our valuing um, startup players because they're just so valuable and they, they last so long. And the, the, like I said, so many things, scarcity, all of that. All right, let's keep moving. So we are now in the eighth round, I believe. Yeah, so let's hit the eighth round. We just finished with Jerry Judy at the end of seventh round. Jalen Waddle, 8-1. Trey Sermon, Kareem Hunt, Mike Gesicki, Cortland Sutton, Chase Claypool, Chase Edmonds, Juju Smith-Schuster, Irv Smith, Evan Ingram, Kenny Galladay, Cooper Cup. So that's why I said the top seven to me were really strong. It starts to drift a little bit in the eighth round, but not really. I mean, Chase Claypool... Man, I, like I said, that was kind of the trigger for me thinking like, I got a lot of Chase Claypool. I'm thinking I've got a lot of young talent. And then I'm looking at 8-6 and it's like, ugh, man, this is a talented. Just the whole market is saturated with a lot of very good wide receivers, running backs. They're young, they're talented, they're players that we want on our teams, and there's lots of them. So it's a good day, a good day to have a lot of those picks. Um, Irv Smith to me, I don't know, you know, there's this is about the right value for him, but I find like Chase Edmonds... I doubt I would be taking him this highly uh, with this many other still players to get. I think Chase Edmonds is one of those players that I just don't ever see like the ceiling for him. I think he's always going to be complimented by somebody, if not a complimentary back himself. So this is his big chance, I know. But that to me is just the big chance to sell him in a way. It's like I haven't I haven't sold him yet. I have him in multiple leagues because those leagues haven't really got rolling yet. But I think if I can get the right value, I'll probably just you know not like, bow out on Chase Edmonds and let somebody else take their chances. And see if I can move that to some other position um, or upgrade to a to a true bell cow type back. So not too much else to say about the eighth round. Uh, ninth round, Cole Komet starts it out. LaVisca Chenault, Deontay Johnson, DJ Chark, Michael Pittman, Robert Woods, Rashad Bateman, Pat Fryermuth, James Robinson, Jonu Smith, Julio Jones, Debo Samuel, 
Oh, okay. So Debo and Debo Samuel ends it. So yeah, like I think the one thing is like I, I talk about this how good these wide receivers are, but listen, I, that's the only position that kind of sticks. So I also understand just hammering those running backs and and those third, fourth, fifth rounds. And then just being happy accepting a Michael Pittman or a Deontay Johnson. Oh, poor me. I only got Deontay Johnson, DJ Chark, or Michael Pittman or Robert Woods in the ninth round. Bummer, you know. It's like, or Julio Jones or Debo Samuel. Oh, the riches just keep coming. So let's just keep moving. I don't know. Like I said, all to me, it's, it's kind of interesting just to hear some of these names where you see Pat Fryermuth go, where you see Hunter Henry go. Uh, again, that's where I feel that's those are the only gross names to me. And it's gross because... You just have no idea uh, what their production is going to be. I'd much rather take another guy. I have no idea what the production is going to be 10 rounds later, 15 rounds later, uh, something like that. Uh, there's just too many tight ends and too many unknowns with them. And then you look at all these other players with a lot less unknowns. Seems crazy to be taking Hunter Henry. Oh, Hunter Henry, by the way, that's a, that's the top of the 10th round. So I just said Hunter. Hunter Henry goes at the top of 10. But John U. Smith is right there at the end of the ninth. Pat Fryermuth right in the middle of the ninth. I realize it's tight end premium. But again, folks, if you're most tight end premium, you're just talking about one and a half points for the receptions. You have to calculate in. Some tight ends just get touchdowns. There's not a lot of tight ends that are target hogs. So they only get that little bit of a boost. It, it cannot get them to the point where they're competing with a lot of these wide receivers or even running backs for that matter, especially even pass catching wide receivers or running backs. So anyway, I, I think I made my point. Let's keep moving. Hunter Henry, Odell Beckham, Adam Thielen, Elijah Moore, Ronald Jones, Tyler Higby, Robbie Anderson, Damian Harris, Leonard Fournette, Curtis Samuel, Tyler Lockett, A.J. Dillon. Love A.J. Dillon at that spot. I'm still you know, a big A.J. Dillon fan. I realize that Aaron Jones is there, and, and it's okay. You know, I think that good players get on the field, and A.J. Dillon dealt with COVID last year, and he still looked amazing when he was on the field. They got rid of Jamal Williams. Uh, yes, good players get on the field. A.J. Dillon's going to get plenty of opportunities. We don't know the Aaron Rodgers saga and all that, but I think there's an absolute buying opportunity when you're talking about running backs on A.J. Dillon right there. This is the one of the names. Instead of, he got picked behind Ronald Jones. Do we think Ronald Jones has much of a future at this point? Or even a now. He, Leonard Fournette went after him. I would much rather prefer Leonard Fournette. And so there's Damian Harris. Still good wide receivers in this area. Thielen, Elijah Moore, uh, you know, Robbie Anderson, Curtis Samuel, Tyler Lockett. Goodness. So if you want to wait on receiver, you can wait. You can wait. Or you can also, if you just want to hog wide receiver, by golly, you can hog a lot of wide receivers. Um, so let's just keep moving here. I just want to keep naming these names. It's like I said, part of this was just a strategy talk. Um, it gets, I feel like this is such a strong class that it goes like to 18 rounds to me. Like 18 rounds, I was still seeing names like, oh, T.Y. Hilton. Oh, that's, I mean, I would add him in the 18th round. So, so much ways that you could, like, once you kind of, uh, you know, deconstruct this draft and kind of try to reverse engineer it in a way, uh, you could find ways to make strategies to do a lot of different things because there's just so much talent and a lot of it falls. Um, you just kind of have to gauge it, get a plan, stock up, and enjoy. Um, so, here we are. It's at 11-1, Zach Moss, Rondale Moore, Terrace Marshall, Jalen Rager, Jordan Love. Uh, Alexander Madison, Robert Tanyan, Tyler Boyd, Will Fuller, Adam Troutman, Melvin Gordon, and Ben Roethlisberger. So, you know, not too much to say there. I was a little surprised Jordan Love went there, but somebody's got to take him at some point, and if the belief is that he will get that shot, then he'll have some value. Um, it's really a matter of whether you believe he'll be good or not, and that's where it's like I will invest a little bit, but not an 11th-round pick in a startup like this, taking ahead of, of other players that – 
you know, I don't know. It's getting a little questionable, though. You're talking about Ryan Fitzpatrick goes after him. Ben Roethlisberger goes after him. I would definitely take him ahead of those guys. So I don't hate it. Uh, it's just tough. You know, it's like that's why you want to get your quarterbacks early. You don't want to be stuck in this position because if you if you need Jordan Love to produce um, and you're taking him in the 10th or 11th round, you're passing on other opportunities like Tyler Board or Will Fuller or Adam Troutman. Um, those are good opportunities. I would actually – Adam Troutman is one of the better picks here, I think, um, in terms of tight ends that I'm talking about. Oh, I wouldn't do that. I don't know. If I had just stockpiled a ton of wide receivers and stuff and I'm sitting here in the draft and I'm thinking who could give me that tight end one or even top half tight end one – a tight end production, Adam Troutman's there, and he's young, and it's got all the other things. He's got that kind of like sex appeal as well. So a lot of reasons that you can invest in Adam Troutman and, and not have to worry about him losing value quickly, unlike the player right behind him, which is like Melvin Gordon, Ben Roethlisberger, even Raheem Mostert. I love Raheem Mostert. So now we start the 12th round. Uh, Mostert is 12-1, Mike Davis, 12-2, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Drew Locke, Michael Gallup, Teddy Bridgewater, Brandon Cooks, Anthony Fersker, Henry Ruggs, Tony Pollard, Denzel Mims, Kellen Mond. So, yeah, there you go. I was just, you know, talking about I wouldn't take, uh, you know, uh, what's his name, Jordan Love, and there's Kellen Mond just like one round later. So it's not that far off. And then, you know, I, it's what's becoming apparent to me now is the only names left that I really like are wide receivers, and I really like a few of them. Henry Ruggs, you guys wait. Just wait. I cannot wait. I'm, not gonna, I'm just going to keep my mouth shut. I've talked enough about Henry Ruggs, but just wait. Henry Ruggs got something for you. He's got something for you. And then, you know, you got Brandon Cooks, Michael Gallup. I think Michael Gallup's an excellent buy this year because he's going to be a free agent, guys. He's not going to be stuck there third fiddle with the Cowboys forever. And if you know, Dak loves him, Dak throws to him as much as he throws to anybody. And it's just surprising to me, um, you know, that everybody just discounts him. I think he's going to fight his way into some targets anyway. And then they're not going to want to keep him because either that or they're going to move on from Amari Cooper. One way or another, Michael Gallup is going to get more target charts, going to get an opportunity to prove uh, what a you know stud he is. He's just a great... Uh, all around like physical he's he's not per he's not like super exciting he's not super fast but when i watch him play i always think like yeah he's just a very good professional wide receiver somebody that's not getting enough credit and so definitely a good buy for me but how many wide receivers have i named like tony pollard at this point is like oh wow there's a running back tony pollard at 12 10 denzel mims kellen mon okay so anyway there you see this trend this is you got to get those quarterbacks you got to get those running backs um It'd be nice to stockpile some wide receivers up there. It's, you know, at the same time, just know that um, you will be able to take some flyers later as well. Uh, even into this 13th round, listen to some of these names. So this is a little surprising to me. You got Dwayne Eskridge, Marquise Brown, James Conner, Corey Davis. So you got Dwayne Eskridge going ahead of Corey Davis. Okay. Uh, Amari Rogers, Devin Singletary, Jarvis Landry, Kadarius Toney, Darnell Mooney, Diami Brown, Devontae Parker, uh, David Johnson at the end of the of the 13th round. So, yeah, I mean, this is starting to get kind of like uh, like a rookie draft and, and just kind of like flyer type guys, but we're talking about the 13th round here. To be able to go through 12 rounds of startup and then only be taking players like Darnell Mooney and Jarvis Landry and Corey Davis and James Conner. I mean, I still think uh, James Conner's a little under. I just talked about how I think Chase Edmonds is getting a little much too hype. I think that James Conner is a 230-pound back. There just aren't that many 230-pound backs who are fairly nimble. And Conner, I don't know what he did with his toe and some kind of snowboarding accident. So he, he has done some things that, that, like, it wouldn't surprise me if teams are a little hesitant to sign him. That's why he only signed a million-dollar contract. But Given a chance, I still think he can be a nice complimentary back. And I think when push comes to shove and you need somebody who's physical down on the line, 
I'm not convinced that Chase Edmonds is suddenly just going to be that guy. It's like, yeah, okay, we can just rely him on the goal line when you have a 230-pound James Conner there. So there's some value there. Doubt I take him over a number of these players, but don't hate it in the values. Like like I said, this is the kind of players when you if you do punt running back um, that you can add later to just get some kind of depth and some potential starting you know starting potential. So let's move to the 14th round. You know I love Gabriel Davis right there at the top of the 14th round. He goes ahead of Cam Newton, uh, Kenneth Gainwell, Paris Campbell. Love me some Paris Campbell going behind those guys. Uh, you guys better watch out for Paris Campbell too. He's been very good when he's been on the field. And the you know people talk about Terry McLaurin. Terry McLaurin, the only reason he didn't produce in college was a large part because Paris Campbell was their main wide receiver. So I'm not going to say for sure I know Paris Campbell's going to break out because of the injuries, because he hasn't really yet. But there's no signs that have told me he's not going to break out either. The only signs have been injuries. The only thing holding him back are, are outside factors, not his talent and not the potential. And the, the Colts didn't go and get wide receivers or anything. So there's that's kind of a sign, too, that they still believe in him as well. They didn't draft anybody or add a bunch of wide receiver. Um, and they do have some other depth pieces, but I think Paris Campbell is going to surprise. Kenyon Drake at 14-5, Logan Thomas, uh, Nico Collins, Mike Williams, Miko Hardman, Zach Ertz, Jimmy Garoppolo, and Antonio Brown. So how the mighty have fallen in this one, Zach Ertz, Antonio Brown, Jimmy G. Um, players I kind of like on this draft, like if you if you do punt tight end, this is, Logan Thomas to me, if you need a starter, he's a little older, but I think he is going to give you solid production. And then you can wait on the tight end forever and just take some a couple upside guys. Um, that is one way to compete now is, is taking a Logan Thomas. Much rather do that the 14th round here where you're starting to get into the Nico Collins and Mike Williams. Um, I still believe a little bit in Miko Hardman. I think he's you know underrated as a player, but at the same time you've got I've got to listen to the outside world a little bit and you know just kind of see that um, I might be biased in that case. So I, I'm just kind of like a wait and see with Hardman. I would invest in him before this you know 12th round or something. I I could find it in me. To do that, at the same time, I don't blame people for letting him fall this far onto the 15th round. So Cole Beasley starts out the 15th, Naheem Hines, Amon Ross St. Brown, Taysom Hill, Austin Hooper, Gerald Everett, Daryl Henderson, Brian Edwards, Chuba Hubbard, Blake Jarwin, Rob Gronkowski, Philip Lindsay, and that's the 15th round. So I don't know. I mean, what it tells me in a way is maybe I should do a starter because a lot of players I kind of like, you know, like slyly like, like Philip Lindsay and think that he could definitely win that starting job are falling down in, in other people's eyes. But yeah, it's just like that. This is where I see it's like I don't want to build anymore of the same teams. I have a lot of players of the same teams. To me, it's what's exciting about a startup sometimes is doing new things. And it's, it's just hard for me to see with the values I see across the board, me not having a number of the same players um, across the board. But again, I see them as values. And so I'm not going to turn and not tell you that I don't see Philip Lindsay as a value at the end of the 15th round. Oh, he's such a good player. And I know that, you know, this, I don't, still don't get his decision making of why he went to Houston, but I believe maybe the system fits him and maybe he just believes he can beat the other guys out. And he did just sign a one-year contract. So maybe his other people were offering maybe a two or three-year contract with the same kind of money. And he feels, you know, you go to spot track and those kind of things. Philip Lindsay's projected value is higher than what he's being paid, and he's like taking a pay cut by doing this. At the same time, like this was a down year for all running backs, and the fact that he got paid a couple million dollars means that he's still a valuable commodity, um, just a la Mike Davis that we talked about a few rounds ago. I think people just say, oh, well, you know, a couple million dollars, he's just a backup. Well, not when a team is totally strapped for a cap and knows that one of the few positions that they can save on is running back and get a quality player. Um, that There you go, $3 million, Philip Lindsay, $3 million. Mike 
Davis. Let's see what happens. Uh, 16th round, Christian Kirk, O.J. Howard, Josh Reynolds, Chris Herndon, Kyle Trask, Davis Mills, Van Jefferson, Tariq Cohen, Rashad Penny, Jamal Williams, Darius Slayton, and Brevin Jordan. So, you know, I like O.J. Howard there and Chris Herndon. I kind of like the tight ends there. Again, I, I just was talking all smack about the tight ends, but I guess when I said through 18 rounds, I guess I meant the end of the 18 rounds is when I will at least have one or two tight ends because, you know, when I see these values and I'm comparing them to some of these other players and I know it is tight end premium, this is where I want to go. O.J. Howard still potentially could be a great tight end. I know it's been years and there's injuries and there's other things standing in the way, of even potentially doing it this year, but we're playing Dynasty and we know how tight ends take a long time to develop. So let's just keep that in mind that the talent is there. I always said this about O.J. Howard, that he, if LeBron James decided to play football, he would have been O.J. Howard. That's what he'd been. It's like O.J. Howard is LeBron James in a football uniform, if you ask me. That's how talented he really is. Uh, Chris Herndon, again, just kind of a sneaky play. He is the starting tight end. He's a very good blocker, and if they get their stuff together, who knows? Maybe he'll actually start producing as well. Um, I kind of like the Kyle Trask, uh, Davis Mills picks as well, and I kind of like Jamal Williams. I kind of like Tariq Cohen kind of like all this just depends on your roster construction like i said deconstruct kind of reverse engineer figure out where you want to take certain guys maybe um, look at a couple of these dynasty startups and and work your way back figure out a way to a plan to get all your favorite players because i could definitely say you know what i don't mind having marvin jones starting my team well guess what marvin jones is picked 17 7 we're about to talk about him so jared cook gus edwards ramondre stevenson russell gage josh palmer ian book Ian Book went ahead of Marvin Jones. Uh, yeah, I, I honestly, I didn't, you know, when I read this, I just kind of read through it. I did not see that before, and I would have, I'm just shocked. Shocking. Ian Book went ahead of Marvin Jones. So I already said enough names were shocking. Like Russell Gage and Josh Palmer. Come on. Yeah, they're, 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 like Josh Palmer might have some upside there. It's Marvin Jones if you want to compete. You have Marvin Jones at 17 7. Yes, sir. Thank you. Add him to my team. Build around that. Uh, just, I've got I've got a starting wide receiver, and I didn't have to do anything with it. That's what's so crazy. You can have 15 starting wide receivers. <laughs> if you want to hoard wide receivers, you can, and you still won't affect the rest of the league. That's the problem. The rest of the league will still have enough to start and be competitive, and that that is where hoarding wide receivers is not great. Uh, but getting you know working your way around it, creating some value, using them as as value store, uh, those kind of things, I definitely think are, are things I've always done and, and still think are a great method to store your value and kind of just going all running backs and a bunch of backup runs. But like I said, I'd also take a Jamal Williams here and there and mix them in. But Marvin Jones, 17th round. So anyway, Eric Ebron right after him. Javian Hawkins, Hunter Long, Hayden Hurst, Marlon Mack. Eh, not too much else to say. Uh, you're getting into some gross territory. You're finally running out of some running backs um, and, fi- and and like even finally running out of some wide receivers as well. So... Uh, into the 18th round, Dave Njoku, Tommy Tremble. Talked about Tommy. Uh, Nelson Aguilar. Wow, Nelson Aguilar fell that far. People don't believe. No, you think Nelson Aguilar would have gotten some respect after last year, but I, I don't believe. I'll admit, with the Patriots and all that, and they might add Julio. The Nelson Aguilar is still not appealing to me, but yeah, it might be appealing at 18-3. But then again, you talked about all those wide receivers, but he's got to be more appealing than Traquan Smith, who follows him up. And then Harrison Bryant. Uh, Salvon Ahmed, Marcus Mariota, Tutu Atwell, Dawson Knox, T.Y. Hilton, Jeffrey Wilson, and J.D. McKissick. I'll admit, a lot of gross names there, but still some names I like. And so 
the way I look at it is there's enough people taking gross names and I'll, I'll find one or two that I like as we continue through this draft. Uh, it's getting a little grosser, but let's keep talking about it. Emmanuel Sanders at 19-1. Uh, let's talk about Emmanuel Sanders. I think everyone just assumes that he's going to come take Gabriel Davis's job, but I would say that Emmanuel Sanders is more likely to compete with Cole Beasley's targets from the slot, if you ask me, uh, then go try to take what Gabriel Davis does. Because Gabriel Davis, not only does he play like some outside wide receiver, when he plays slot, he does a lot of tight end type things. They have him like like taking the edge and then blocking down on the defensive end on running plays and stuff. Gabriel Davis is doing things that they have tight ends doing out there a lot of times. They're not going to have Emmanuel Sanders doing that. I don't think Gabriel Davis is um, going to be the guy that's going to be affected by it. Maybe in the overall scheme of things, the few more targets goes to Emmanuel Sanders, it kind of depresses that that ceiling. But that's to me, is just a buy time for Gabriel Davis because I, I believe in the talent. This is where I go back to, if you believe in the talent, don't worry about situation. Like even with Tylen Wallace, I'm not probably going to be drafting a lot of Tylen Wallace, but someday Tylen Wallace, if he's if he can work his way up this depth chart, he's on like the Robert Woods plan to me. You know the Robert Woods plan. Like all the way in Buffalo, he sat there, he was admired, he didn't do anything, he you know worked his way up, or whatever. But when he became a free agent, he found the right fit. A team decided to sign him. And voila, you've got like an actual fantasy player. That's the kind of thing where I put Tylen Wallace and some of these other players on. And Gabriel Davis is that. I believe in the player, and I think he'll find a way to get on the field. I think it will be with Buffalo, uh, especially if, if Stefan Diggs gets injured, which he's getting a lot of targets, and Stefan Diggs has been known for injuries. He didn't get injured last year, but as he gets older, the, the, the guy who's going to replace Stefan Diggs on that field is going to be Gabriel Davis. So that's another reason to, to kind of be high on him upside. And I know I talk about Gabriel Davis a lot, but i, I got to mention it. Uh, let's see what else. Traquan Smith, I mentioned, not not that high on Marcus Mariota. You know, he did he did show me a little bit. I was surprised that he just re-signed. But there's there's a lot of good quarterbacks, and I think teams are just moving forward. Uh, they want that young guy. They want that young quarterback contract. Um, so or that, or they're going to go like Ryan Fitzpatrick, somebody they know can get the job done. So Mariota may like forever be a backup, just because teams aren't. I'm not sure that teams are going to want to like build around him and, and commit to him. They're just It's a, a weird NFL right now. They'd almost rather commit to a guy who they may think is less talented on a rookie contract or something like that. So Dawson Knox, T.Y. Hilton, I talked about them. Yeah, Emmanuel Sanders, 19-1, Anthony McFarlane, Andy Dalton, LaMichael P. Ryan, Anthony Miller, Taylor Heineke, Sterling Shepard, Keyshawn Vaughn, Jamison Crowder, Larry Roundtree, Donald Parham. I think that's why I said 18 rounds. This still looked like I found players because 19th round has gotten suddenly very unappealing. There's not anybody there that even appeals to me hardly. Jamison Crowder, I don't know. There's nothing. Tylen Wallace there at the at the end of the 19th round. Uh, like I said, but I wouldn't want to stock my roster with him. When we just talked about all those wide receivers, the last thing I want to do is have a, a Robert Woods plan player on my bench. Like I'll just come come back around on the Robert Woods plan and try to get him when other people have given up. Um, or the, even like the Nelson Aguilar plans. It's a very similar plan. I, I had a lot of Nelson Aguilar. Let me tell you, I drafted Nelson Aguilar believing in him. And you know how many Nelson Aguilar I have now? Zero, because I let him go. I didn't believe. I just gave up. I mean, this, it's not very often that a guy turns his career around and does what Nelson Aguilar did, and he's still not being valued. So there you go. Like still wouldn't have held on to him for that long. You still didn't get the value. All you got was production value, and there's plenty of Plenty of production value. So here we go. 20th round. Gardner Minshew, Alan Lazard, Cameron Bray, Tevin Coleman, Elijah Mitchell, uh, Latavius Murray, Joshua Kelly, Anthony Swartz, Brashad Perriman, Des Fitzpatrick, Nikhil Harry went after Des Fitzpatrick. Oh, how they've fallen. And Malcolm Brown. I don't even know if there's much to say there. It's just kind of, this is where it's like every draft could be slightly different. These are just kind of people, that, or they're going based on the ADP a little bit. This might be where these guys fall in an ADP, and guys are just kind of like, oh, okay, I'll take him. 
So you got John Brown, Dalton Schultz, Trey McKitty. Now we're in the 21st round. Kerryon Johnson, Tyrod Taylor, Rashad Higgins, Darrington Evans, Albert Okawebanam, Mo Ali Cox. I kind of like Mo Ali Cox, especially at that position or at that value. And, and I don't hate Albert O. What if what if uh, the Packers do trade Rodgers to the Broncos and Noah Fant's involved in there? All of a sudden, Albert O or Albert O is involved in it. But what if Albert O becomes a starting quarterback with Aaron Rodgers because Noah Fant got shipped over to Green Bay? What if? Could happen. He's a good, good once again, talented players. Hang on to a good player and see what happens. It's just you got to have the roster spots. You got to it's got to fit into your plan. Uh, KJ Hamler, Hunter Renfro, Drew Sample, uh, Cornell Powell, Jalen Darden, Jacob Harris, Noah Grant, Mitchell Trubisky, Tyler Johnson. I'm just going now. We're in the 22nd round. Marquise Valdez Scantling, Sammy Watkins, Todd Gurley, Jared Dokes. Todd Gurley beat out Jared Dokes. Can you believe it? Quintez Cephas, uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones, Khalil Herbert, Lynn Bowden, Kylan Granson, Amir Smith-Marset, Giovanni Bernard, A.J. Green, Dwayne Haskins, J.J. Taylor, Chris Evans, Jonathan Adams, Kylan Hill, Jacoby Myers, Sony Michelle, Jamie Newman, Jalen Camp, Will Disley, Daz Newsom. James Washington, DJ Dallas, Preston Williams. God, I should just stop here. Daryl Williams, James White. They're like some of these names, I, I don't know. Jalen, who's Jalen Camp? I don't even know who Jalen Camp. I'm gonna be honest. I do not know who Jalen Camp is. I looked at the rookie class, and did not see Jalen Camp. So who? Okay, Tyrell Williams, Jack Doyle, Dan Arnold, Kenny Yaboa, Demarcus Robinson, Seth Williams. Tim Patrick. I like Tim Patrick. Tim Patrick, talk about a good player. He was one of the best wide receivers in the league last year. He was doing better than than uh, Jerry Judy was on the same team. They were playing at the same time. 25th round, Jamar Jefferson, Antonio Gandy-Golden, Travis Fulgham. Poor Travis. Josh Johnson. Josh Johnson. I don't even know who that is. Running back, rookie. Josh Johnson. Oh, I know Josh Johnson. But he's, oh, man. This is Benny Snell, Boston Scott. Woo. Okay, we're going to do one more round. That's it. CJ Uzama, Wayne Gallman, Frank Darby. We're in this 26th round now, folks. Kiki Kuti, Devin Duvernay, Eno Benjamin, Simi Fohoko, Mike Boone, Colin Johnson, Cordero Patterson, Zach Pascal, and Joe Flacco. Kind of like Cordero there, especially if he plays a little running back. That's a sneaky competition for Mike Davis, actually, especially his receptions. It's Cordero Patterson, if you ask me. Um, Devin Duvernay, one thing that stood out to me is just some of these rookies that people invested in last year. They didn't produce, and then those teams kind of added players like Devin Duner, and then suddenly those players, people just want nothing to do with them. find that a little interesting. Those I give a little credit to the rookie class last year just because it was such a hard year. That, that Like Lynn Bowden, we don't know quite yet what he's going to be. Um, I still believe in a little bit in these players, at least not to the point where I'm just throwing in the towel on them um, and drafting unknown fifth-round rookies like Cornell Powell two rounds ahead of him. And so, yeah, it's interesting. Like, there's there's plenty of players that could hit the Anthony Schwartz or Cornell Power and Des Fitzpatrick. It's just where you want to take them. Personally, like, I'm off of this rookie class. I'd much rather play, see a player that I saw last year. Even a player that was a lower-round draft pick, if I liked what I saw compared to this year, I'll take it because I feel like last year's class was just much stronger, and that, and that played itself out um, on the field too. So, again, not too much else to say, honestly. Like, I just wanted to read over those names. I kind of wanted to tell you about my strategies. I feel like if you want an elite quarterback, you want two, you better pay up. You better get right up in that first, second round, depending on who you like, mainly first round, uh, mainly even top first round, if you want a couple of those studs, and then figure it out from there. You don't have to worry about a wide receiver 
at all. It's it's abundant throughout. You go to 18 rounds and there's still what go to wide receivers. You do need to worry about running back and with tight end, depending on your your mindset, mind is not worrying about tight end. I'll worry about it later. Um, then you can either you know take something up front in my opinion, or you can kind of just punt it like I'm doing. So really, there's it's really about talent collection to me. I think the startup build. Um, if you want to compete, there's a lot of ways that you can compete. And um, but for me, I always look at talent collection. And unfortunately, I won't be able to hoard those quarterbacks, but there's plenty of wide receiver running backs all through those second through nine, eight, nine rounds um, that I would love to add and then just continue adding um, the best player available from that point on and then see what happens. And so anyway, I had a lot of fun. I'm excited to talk about these guys because honestly, this might be the closest thing um, I get to a dynasty startup. And so it was fun kind of looking it over, talking about the players, getting a perspective of kind of where some of these players are valued this year as compared to last year's. And uh, that, that kind of gives me perspective on potential trades and things moving forward as well. I can kind of see where um, I might be able to trade values or whatever. And if I like a certain place a player is being drafted, um, I might try to trade players around him. If I don't like a player where a player is being drafted, I might try to trade for players, that, that player for other players. Or I think you know what I'm saying. So that's what you can always learn from these startups. And I always recommend kind of diving in and, and seeing as many as you can uh, because they are different. And I'm sure that this one was a unique one of a kind, but Again, they all are. They're all snowflakes. And so it's, I think you just got to kind of gauge them all and kind of see that it's, if there's so much talent that it's going to be hard uh, to predict who likes who where. Um, so you're not going to be able to target exact players. But in terms of uh, tiers, uh, positions, there's a lot that's kind of it's not that hard to figure out. It kind of it stabilizes and, and it's pretty clear as it breaks down. Um, you can target certain positions. So I think we broke that down. Uh, thank you all for listening. If you want to get a hold of me, you can find me on Twitter at BigKnowledgeFFB, or you can email the show at BigKnowledgeFootball at gmail.com. As always, thank you for listening, and we will talk to you soon.